1 Kings chapter 2, we'll pick up in verse 12. And today we're going to look at just a little snapshot of how Solomon honored his mother. 1 Kings chapter 2, we'll read verses 12 to 25. First Kings 2, verse 12, and the context is Solomon had just become king, and he has to deal with a sticky situation here where his mother is being really used unknowingly to do something that's dangerous. First Kings 2, verse 12, then sat Solomon upon the throne of David his father, and his kingdom was established greatly. And Adonijah, the son of Haggith, came to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon. And she said, Comest thou peaceably? And he said, Peaceably. He said, Moreover, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And she said, Say on. And he said, Thou knowest that the kingdom was mine, and that all Israel set their faces on me, that I should reign. Howbeit the kingdom is turned about and has become my brother's, for it was his from the Lord. And now I ask one petition of thee, deny me not. And she said, say on. And he said, speak, I pray thee, unto Solomon the king, that he will not say thee nay, that he give me Abishag the Shunammite to wife. And Bathsheba said, Well, I will speak for thee unto the king. Bathsheba therefore went unto King Solomon to speak unto him for Adonijah. And the king rose up to meet her and bowed himself unto her and sat down on his throne and caused a seat to be set for the king's mother. And she sat on his right hand. Then she said, I desire one small petition of thee. I pray thee, say me not nay. And the king said unto her, Ask on, my mother, for I will not say thee nay. And she said, Let Abishag the Shunammite be given to Adonijah thy brother to wife. And King Solomon answered and said unto his mother, And why dost thou ask Abishag the Shunammite for Adonijah? Ask for him the kingdom also. For he is my elder brother, even for him and for Abiathar the priest, and for Joab the son of Zariah. <clears throat> then King Solomon swore by the Lord, saying, God do so to me and more also, if Adonijah have not spoken this word against his own life. Now therefore, as the Lord liveth which hath established me and set me on the throne of David my father, and who hath made me an house as he promised, Adonijah shall be put to death this day. And King Solomon sent by the hand of Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, and he fell upon him that he died. Let's have a word of prayer. Lord, I do ask you to bless me and your people as we hear it, as we hear the word. Feed us today. And help us to just take, help us to see clearly what the text means and perceive exactly 
how it applies in, in particular in the, re, in the way it applies to our honor of mothers. Help me to serve your people through this message. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So today, again, we'll, after the service, we'll let you do a picture, if you want, with your mom or whatever combination you want in your family. And uh, does anybody have, when you think about your family pictures, one of our uh, kids was going through some family pictures recently. Do you ever find a family picture where maybe it's you and your mom or you and your parents and you're just a little kid and you're just like, and maybe embarrassed with that family picture? Maybe it was the bathtub, I don't know, but, you know, maybe it was your cool clothes you had in the 80s or 70s or further back, you know. Uh, I think I have a few pictures where I'm, I think my grandma or mom are holding me and I look like I'm trying to escape a wrestling move. I'm just like, give me out. And it's probably because I had a lot of sugar and I needed to get out of there. I think it was maybe a Halloween picture when we did Halloween, but anyways, uh, here's a picture of a mother and a son today. Just a little picture, nothing big, nothing elaborate. Just a little snapshot of Solomon when he's a king and Bathsheba, his mother. <clears throat> I want to just, as we get into this, let's think about Bathsheba for a moment and then her relationship with Solomon as we come to this point right here. Bathsheba, there's kind of the first half, second half of Bathsheba's life. I don't know if it's perfectly split by way of years, but kind of first phase, second phase. The first part of her life was when she was married to Uriah. Um, I don't know that she had any kids by him. It didn't appear that she did. She, he was a good man. He was a good soldier, if you will, in David's army. And while Uriah's fighting, David stays home. He has an affair with Uriah's wife. Bathsheba, and finds out she's pregnant. When he finds out she's pregnant, he starts to manipulate. Maybe I can try to cover this up. Hey, Uriah, come home. Be with your wife. Be with your wife. He wouldn't do it. He's like, I'm focused on war, king. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go unplug and get myself in that different mentality. I'm focused on war. He wouldn't go home. He was a good man. I mean, he stayed focused. <clears throat> David's like, this isn't working. All right, fine, go back to battle. Joab, make sure he's in the front of the battle. Joab was his general. Make sure he's in the front, the hottest part of the battle, and leave. Basically, he arranged for Uriah's death. And that's what happened. And after he died, and after the adultery, and after he died, the Lord was just displeased with what David did. Of course, part of him arranging for his death was because, you know, again, Bathsheba was pregnant. David's child, so he tried to make it look like it wouldn't have been his child. The child is born. Well, actually, after Uriah died, David marries another wife, Bathsheba, waits for her to give birth. She gives birth, the child dies. It's sad. They mourn, they're sad. <clears throat> after she's comforted from bereaving her baby, she conceives again. <clears throat> Her, for what, as far as we know, her second child. We don't know that she had any before this. And they, when he's born, his name's Solomon. And the word Solomon means peace. When we say shalom, that's the Jewish word for peace. Solomon comes from the word shalom. His name is Solomon, shalom, peace, which is a description, which was a description of what his kingdom would be like when he reigns, which is 
beautiful, amazing story. It's mixed with bad, too, but it's a wonderful overall, the glory of Solomon's kingdom. Not only was he named Solomon, but the Bible says the Lord greatly loved Solomon, and Nathan the prophet called him Jedediah. Now, Nathan, calling him Jedediah, he was describing something. Jedediah means beloved of the Lord. I think what happened was Nathan saw Solomon and observed him for some length of time. He noticed God's love, some tokens of God's favor on this little boy. And he says, that kid's Jedediah. God loves that kid. There's, in other words, he's a little favor there to him. <clears throat> so he's called Jedediah, beloved of the Lord. So that's Bathsheba. She has her second child that's now living. Later on, we find out she has three other boys, three other children. So Solomon becomes the oldest living of four of her boys. Um, now, imagine Bathsheba. She was married, had an affair, ugly. Her husband dies. She has this baby that dies. Now she's married, she's married to David. But she's one of many wives of David. Imagine her situation. She's one of several, well, I don't remember how many he had, but <clears throat> maybe around 10 or something. I can't remember. It wasn't as many as Solomon ended up having. But So if you're a wife and you have other wives that share your husband, you think you get a lot of quality time with him? Probably not, probably not. Plus, he's a king. He's a busy king. He's not just a king. This guy's a king that's like with the, he works with his, so I mean, he's right out there next to his front line guys. I mean, this, David wasn't afraid of being right in the battle. So, I mean, he got a very active king who had multiple wives, and you're one of many. You have a child. You have, a, you have Solomon. You have three other boys. Who do you think she's going to be spending her quality time with? Her boys. She probably was more emotionally and relationally close to Solomon than David. You know, I don't see how she could have good quality time with David. If you're just trying to use common sense in evaluating the picture here. So <clears throat> the, all that to say, she probably had a close bond with David. Not David, Solomon, forgive me. She had a close bond with Solomon. Um, again, oldest of her boys that's living. She, there was this also with her and Solomon... She knew it was said at some point in time that it was told by prophecy. This is, of all David's boys, David had a bunch of boys, a bunch of wives. This one will be the next king, thus saith the Lord. That was stated. So she probably was even more like, yeah, get a groom a king. She was close with Solomon. Um, when he became king, Right before he became king, let's, I'm trying to paint a quick picture. It's 1 Kings 1. David's getting old and stricken in age. It doesn't seem like he's aware of some of the things going on in the kingdom. He can't even keep himself warm. He's having physical problems. They basically give him a human blanket called Abishag, a Shunammite. It's basically a young woman to be his unconsummated wife, to be his human warming blanket. He never had relations with her the whole time. And then during that time, he had another son named Adonijah, the opportunist. He was one of the many boys, and he was one son that was hardly ever said no to. He kind of got his way. 
And when he sees his dad's not paying attention, his dad's vulnerable, um, he has this takeover. And he gets one of the priests, one of the other generals, one of the other, and he gets a group and he has his uh, takeover of being king. And all Israel starts following him for a short period of time. When that happened, Nathan the prophet sees this happening. He's like, this is now it's supposed to be. God said Solomon's supposed to be the king. Bathsheba calls in mommy of the future king. Come on over here. Here's what we're going to do. Bathsheba, you need to go in and talk to David and say, David, uh, well, she really does very respectfully because she doesn't even talk to him like a husband but like a king. Uh, did you know that Adonijah's being king is not our son Solomon supposed to be king by the word of the Lord? You promised this and this was me? So Nathan said, Bathsheba, go in and tell David that you got this other son trying to run the country when it's supposed to be our son, this one, Solomon. And Bathsheba, Nathan says to Bathsheba, he says, while you're talking to him, I'm going to come in and kind of interrupt and, and say, hey, by the way, Nathan, did you know, oh, hi, Bathsheba, did you know that, the, or David, did you know that one of these other boys is trying to take over the country? And isn't it supposed to be Solomon? In other words, he's reinforcing what the wife is saying in case he starts to dismiss her. So Nathan set it up to where Bathsheba would come in, start to tell him about a problem. The prophet comes in and interrupts and says, tells him about the same problem. So David realizes, oh yeah, this is messed up. I better stop this thing with this kid trying to take over. It is supposed to be Solomon. So David, long story short, basically pulls switches and pushes buttons and makes it to where Solomon gets anointed king and it's very obvious to the whole nation and everybody accepts it. So Solomon becomes king. In that whole story, you see Bathsheba having a part in that, making sure her son gets to be king. Now, she's not overbearing either, but she has a part. So I think that there's a closeness there. I think that uh, <clears throat> she's in good character by the time you get to this text here. But now, as we get a little closer to our particular subject matter, i got to show you a few more things. Look what it says in verse 13. Adonijah the son of Haggith, this is again one of the sons that previously tried to do a takeover, came to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon. So here's the deal. Previous, when Adonijah tried taking over, and David addressed that by making Solomon king, and all the nation accepted it, Solomon had the power to kill a bunch of people at that point, including the older brother. Adonijah, by the way, was an older brother. He could have killed Adonijah. But what he ended up telling Adonijah is say, you know what, go home and mind your own business. That's basically what he told him. Mind your own business, just go home, I'm not going to kill you. Well, he's not really minding his own business now. So now Solomon is the king. It's in kind of a, probably in the early days, maybe a year or two, I don't know. He's the king. And uh, Adonijah, you know, he kind of liked that uh, young wife his dad had, young enough to be his wife. He was never really kind of technically his wife. I guess maybe I guess his wife, but they never nothing happened there. So he liked her. So he wanted to marry her. But there was actually something else going on. It was a way to get your foot in and take over the kingdom again. If you took the wives of a previous king, that was like saying, I'm gonna be king. You know, I'm trumping this previous king. It's my turn now. So here's what he does. He likes this young wife David had, his dad had, but now there's a present king. Hmm. This king 
and his mom, Bathsheba. Hmm. He calls Bathsheba. He's a sly cat. He calls Bath. He goes in to see Bathsheba right here. And when he comes to Bathsheba, she says, are you coming peaceably? He says, yeah. And, and notice his language here, verse 14. I have somewhat to say unto thee. And she said, say on. Now, verse 15 amounts to, oh, I'm a victim. Watch this, verse 15. He said to Bathsheba, thou knowest that the kingdom was mine and that all Israel set their faces on me that I should reign. Howbeit the kingdom has turned about and has become my brother's, for it was his from the Lord. You see the little victim here? He's a little manipulator. He comes into Bathsheba. The mom doesn't go right to the king. Goes to the mom of the king because he's trying to use her. He says, you know, he tries to show kind of strength and advantage he had, but he was humble enough because he knew it was the... It was Solomon's kingdom because the Lord gave it to him. But you know, everybody was following me. But your son has it. It's from the Lord. That's fine. That's fine. So, can you just do this one more one thing for me, please? You know, it's kind of like I'm a victim, so you owe me something. All right. So I have something. Verse. Uh, so he says that I, 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 it was his from the Lord. Verse 16. Now I ask. Look at verse 16. One petition of you of thee, uh, Bathsheba. Deny me not. He says, say on, <clears throat> verse 17, uh, speak, I pray thee unto Solomon the king, for he will not say thee nay, that he give me Abishag the Shunammite to wife. What this guy's doing here is he's, he's talking to Bathsheba, who's not only the mother of the king, but the wife of the previous king, and he's saying something that probably, let's try to imagine we're Bathsheba. This kid's asking me for this former wife of my husband's that I wasn't really too thrilled to see with him anyways. One more, especially this younger looking one. Yeah, go ahead, take her out of my sight. I can imagine that kind of sentiment. Get her out of, you want to go ahead. He's talking to her, the mother. This guy's really deceptive, Adonijah. Can you do that for me? I'll go speak to the king, Bathsheba says. So <clears throat> what you have here, we'll kind of just pause for a minute to help us see our main subject matter. As this story unfolds, what we're going to see is that David, or pardon me, Solomon's in a sticky situation, kind of a sticky situation, but he honors his mom. We're going to see how he honors his mom, even though it's kind of an awkward situation. You know, the Bible says, because by the way, his mother's being, a little, I think she's a little naive, and she's certainly being used by this deceptive, he's a, I say kid, he's older. But here's the deal. Uh, we're going to see four descriptions of how Solomon honored his mom. Now, the Bible says the fifth command is, honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land, which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Paul said also in Ephesians 6, honor thy father and thy mother, parentheses, which is the first commandment with a promise, with promise, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long upon the earth, Paul said. So this is, a, what is the primary lesson? The primary lesson is we're being encouraged to honor our father and mother, in particular, the example here is applied to the mother here today. 
<clears throat> so as we walk through the story, we're going to point out four things here, a snapshot. This is a little picture. Number one, we're going to notice it was known, while Saul's, Solomon's dealing with this, it was known that he honored her. Notice what it says there, verse 17. He said, Adonijah, manipulating Bathsheba, he said, Speak, I pray thee, unto Solomon the king, for he will not say thee nay, that he give me Abishag the Shunammite to wife. Of course you would ask Bathsheba. I mean, in a way, like, why would Adonijah go right to Solomon? There's a lot of problems with that. Why don't you go to the one who's already got an interest probably in what you have the interest in, getting this young former wife out of my sight. And not only that, he's not going to tell mama no. He says, he won't tell you no. Now, the negative side of this is that he's using Solomon's loyalty to his mother for selfish purposes. That's what Adonijah's doing. But on the other side, we see a positive thing. Hey, he likes his mom. He, he, you, it's known, number one, it's known that he honored his mother. It wasn't questioned by Adonijah. You know, Adonijah could have said, you know, I got a bunch of brothers and a bunch of stepmothers, whatever we would call them. Not all my brothers are respectful to their mother. He respects his mom. He doesn't tell her no. It was known that he honored his mother. It was not questioned. The question is with us, is it known with us that we honor our mom or even our dad? Is it known? Now, sometimes people have the attitude of, well, Pastor Henry, you know, I've seen on TV these, these really bad crooks, and the, I mean, these really scumbag guys. They, I heard about some guy beat his mother the other day, and now he's in the Maricopa County Jail. I hope he gets put into a, a cell with uh, Bubba, you know. That guy is so bad. I would never beat my mom. Oh, that's good. I hear about, I remember Pastor Henry, I hear these guys cussing out their mom. I see these teenagers nowadays cussing out their mom. I never cussed my mom out. I still wouldn't. That's good. But you know the absence of doing wicked things doesn't make mean that you honor your parent? Just because I don't kill my mom or beat her or cuss at her does not mean equal I honor her. It means I just have a little common sense and I'm a normal person, really. Honor is not the absence of not is not the absence of evil things. It's the insistence of really good things. The word honor means to put extra on. It means to favor. I mean, the word actually means weight, the word honor. And so it should be known that I honor my parent, if I'm going to be like Solomon here, that I honor my mom and my dad. Don't let another person honor your mom more than you do. I was thinking today about that passage in Matthew 13 where Jesus went to his hometown and the people that basically kind of be, you can kind of say like family, they didn't really honor him. But people who weren't like family did honor him. He was not without honor unless he went to his own hometown. We should try to break that. It's really that statement that Jesus is saying is like a, uh, a tendency that people have. I don't want that tendency. I wanna, I'm trying to teach my kids, honor your mom. Don't, don't, you know, honor other people, honor other moms, but don't let somebody else be honored more than your own mother. Nor should you do more to another than you would, uh, nor should you do more to another mother to the neglect of your own. So it was known here, okay, the point is Solomon, good example, he honors his mom. Secondly, 
it was known, but secondly, he kept it up. Honor was kept up. Notice verse 19 and 20, chapter 2. Verse 19 says, Bathsheba therefore went unto, the, unto King Solomon to speak unto him for Adonijah. And the king rose up to meet her and bowed himself unto her and sat down on his throne and caused a seat to be set for the king's mother and she sat on his right hand. That's interesting. So she has this, so Adonijah is talking to Bathsheba Bathsheba says, okay, fine, I'll go, I'll go ask him about uh, giving you, Abishag, the Shunammite, to wife. And so Bathsheba comes to see her son. Now remember, she's not coming to see her pimpled-faced 13-year-old boy. She's coming to see her son who's now the king, maybe in his 30s. I can't remember what his age was. And Solomon, man, he's a king. He'll go on to be one of the most famous kings ever, the richest ever, and the wisest ever as far as worldly wisdom goes. Uh, but he's, he's powerful, he's older, um, he's admired, etc. And his mom comes in, and what you see is though he's of older, his age and his power has increased, it didn't exempt him from still showing respect and honor to mom. It wasn't like, oh, it wasn't like he's there, he's there on his throne. Somebody at the back of his court says, King Solomon, your mother's coming in. And he does, it's not like he says, hi, mom, can you grab those chips on the way in? Can I bring them over here to me? Kind of want some chips, those kosher kind, you know. You know, he rose up. Mother's here. Now, this is, your moms are going to like this. He rose up. I don't know what kind of bow this was. It was at least this. Could have been this. Right. To mom. <laughs> wow. Some of your moms like that. Some of you are like, I don't mind if my kid bows like this as long as he cleans the floor while he's at it, right? <laughs> Do that. So he rose up the king. This is a big shot now. He rose up, he bows to mom as she comes in. No, he's not done yet. He comes back over and he sits down on his throne. And he says, hey, hey, get a seat for mom. Not only that, get her on my right hand. That's supposed to be a big deal when you're on the right hand of a king. And so, and I'm sure it wasn't a cheap seat from Walmart or a plastic patio seat or something like that. None of that stuff or one of these that you use at a ball game or when you're fishing. It's a good seat. Let her sit down. Sit down, mom. I mean, he, he just, and he, you could tell. He, he, the point is, it's not like, hey, mom, I used to be respectful to you. He's still respectful, though he's a big shot. And she sits down and she asks, and he says, she says, uh, son, I got something to ask of you. Don't tell me, say not unto me nay. He goes, mom, I won't tell you no. Of course, he has to tell her no, but, you know, he, the, the idea is this. Here's the point of application. We'll move to the next one is this. We need to all remember, really every age in here, and even some of the kids remember it right now as you get older. It doesn't matter how much of a big shot you become, nobody's exempt from honoring their parent. You know, it doesn't matter how tall you get. My, you know, I get my boys, my boys would get, Johnny really is reminding his mother of, hey, mom, I'm taller than you. You know, she doesn't care. She can still punch him if she wants to, you know. No, she wouldn't punch him, you know. But, you know, he, it doesn't matter how tall you get, athletic you get, how cool you are. 
It doesn't exempt you from showing respect to your mother. For us as adults, it doesn't matter how much experience we get, how educated we are, how powerful. It doesn't matter what throne we found that we've ascended to. It doesn't. It, it, it does not um, excuse us from still stepping aside, so to speak, and giving mom a bow and providing a seat for her, so to speak, in our life. None of us are excused from that. That's the example of Solomon. What a good example. So his, his honor was kept up. Now look, we're going to balance this. He's not saying she's God, and you'll see that here by the time you get to the end. He's just given her, again, the word honor means put extra weight, give extra favor to. That's all it means. Thirdly, his honor of her, third aspect of this picture was that it was in the interest of her life. Now, I'll explain it. So I'm going to actually stand right here and pretend Bathsheba's right here. There's king talking to mother. When she comes and she says, son, um, would you give Abishag the Shunammite to your brother Adonijah to wife? He had previously said, mom, ask me anything. I won't say no. What? No. He had to tell her no. Now, the thing is, there was two big reasons. The second one, the one that we're going to get to is our last point. This initial reason is this could, the end of this deal, if she did this, if he did this, she would be dead at the end of this ordeal. Now, so he's telling her no for her own sake. Here's why. Go back to chapter 1. During the first takeover that began to be successful, notice the words of Nathan as he's conversing with Bathsheba. Bathsheba. And again, the environment is, this son has taken over. We need to do something about it. So notice how Nathan warns Bathsheba in chapter 1, verse 12. Nathan says to Bathsheba, Now therefore come, let me, I pray thee, give thee counsel, that thou mayest save thine own life and the life of thy son Solomon. What Nathan is saying is he initially came to Bathsheba during that first takeover. He says, Bathsheba, come here, come here we got to do something about this. We need to make sure Solomon becomes king because if this continues on, you're dead and your son's going to be dead. So basically what he's saying is if this other guy becomes king, it's going to be to the detriment of her life. And I would say it would be the same way if Solomon's going ahead and trying to do, or Adonijah's trying to take this other wife and making a claim on the throne. If he thinks he has a claim on the throne to be king again, He's going to kill off people that are connected to that other king, including mommy. And Solomon knew that. So his, his honor of his mother, even in saying no, is what? It's for the interest of her life. He cares about her good. He cares about her well-being. I'm realizing this a little bit more as I've gotten older. I'm trying to be more aware of my... And I'm not saying my parents are like really old. They're not. But I'm trying to be more aware of their health and their housing condition, their just the conditions of her, their life. Rusty, I know, has to do the same thing. Some of us in here have to do the same thing. How's my mom and dad doing? Because I'm in the interest of their life and things that pertain to the function of their life. And that's part of uh, practicing honor. This was, I really, this was one of the stories that I really got into the other day. I read this. You can see a little video of it. Don't look at it right now, though. Uh, <coughs> there's a little, here, let me redo the title of this news story happened in New Mexico, in Las Cruces. 
high school wrestling champ slams and pins kidnapper. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. Anybody read this? Anybody else? Oh, yeah, I like them. Like, oh, let me read this. 16-year-old high school wrestler that just won a district title. His name is Kanan Bauer. That sounds like a kind of a tough name, too. So what happened was this guy, so, okay, so there's this, there's this mother, they're like outside of a gas station convenience store. She had three young children. And this, this guy, there's this guy, his last name is Beltron, became a kidnapper and, a, a person, uh, and, and assaulting this mother. He tried to kidnap this lady's three kids. And he began to assault her in the process to try to take them away. Somehow there was a breakup of this fight. And this lady grabbed her kids and she goes running with them, goes right inside this convenience store. She goes inside and hides somewhere. Somebody else, a couple people tried to intervene. It wasn't helpful. One guy tried to block the door while the other, this Beltron guy is running to try to get in. This guy tried to block the door, and he just beat up the guy at the door. And the kidnapper goes, goes running in. At the, there was a camera outside. You can see there was an inside camera. The inside camera, you can see him. the mother ran in, and then the, the kidnapper guy starts running to chase after her to go, go into the store. And then... And then this, that's where this Canaan kid comes in. He was filling up his gas over um, there. And he's watching all this, filling up his gas. He stops and he runs into the store. So after the kidnapper came in, you see a video of him running in also. He goes out of the scene of the camera, goes back, captures this guy, and you see him drag him out. And he has him in a head. He slams him down, has him in a headlock, and just holds him there. I'm like, yeah, I love that. And he just held him there, I don't know, 15 minutes or something like that. And then the police come, you know. It was funny, when he was holding them there, um, <laughs> one of the other workers or something that was in the store, you know these little, I think it was like one of these little signs that says wet floor or something. This one lady, while the, this Canaan's holding this guy down, he's not going to, this lady's like, nyam, 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 nyam. she takes the sign, nyam, 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 nyam. <laughs> you know, she's all mad at him and stuff, and nyam. you know, <laughs> it was just kind of funny. Um, <clears throat> she, of course, he had to be pinned for her to do that, but... Um, and then the police came, and the police guy didn't look like in that good of shape. It's a good thing they already had him down, but um, they put handcuffs on him, took care of that guy. But I think, yes, the guy's protecting a mom, you know, protecting a mom and some kids. That's good. It wasn't his mother, but perhaps he thought, if it was my mother, this is what I'd do. So, you know, Solomon, uh, Solomon didn't get in a wrestling match. Solomon, it was a matter of kind of administrative moving and saying no and stopping for the protection of everybody, including his mother. So he honored his mother. In the, it was known in the past. It was kept up. And it involved issues that pertain to her life. Last of all, <clears throat> I want you to know this, and this is most importantly, he honored her, but his honor was not more than honor to God. It was not more than honor. Notice the language here. Verse 23 and 24. Then Solomon swore by the Lord, saying, God do so more pardon me, God do so to me, and more also, if Adonijah have not spoken this word against his own life. What happens is Solomon's listening to his mother. She says, can he have, can your brother have a, a, a Abishag to wife? And he's like, oh, he sees through the whole thing. He sees Adonijah and he sees the two other, two or three other characters behind Adonijah who tried to take over previous He's like, he basically saying, Mom, you're being used. 
you might as well ask for the kingdom. You might as well ask for, what was it, Joab and the other, the other priests. You might as well ask for them. You're being used. Absolutely not. In fact, this thing that, that Adonai just asked you, he's asked basically for his death. He's asked to die, and he's going to die. And, and, and it's not an ego trip. Watch this. Solomon says, I'm the king around here. Here's what he says. Look at his language. Verse 24, Now therefore, as the Lord liveth, which hath established me and, and set me on the throne of David my father, and who hath made me in house as he promised. The language that Solomon's saying is this, I, this has to be, I'm called to be this. I'm called to be this king. I'm not going to let this happen. I know you're asking for it, but the answer is no, for your health, for everybody else's, and no, because this is what God wants me to do. No. He honors God's call. He honors God's voice more than mom's, above mom's. And, of course, that's, if she knew what was going on, she would want that. She didn't know, though. Um, so he ultimately is obeying God's call, not letting God's call be jeopardized, nor ignoring, nor is he ignoring his mother to her own detriment. Uh, see, you see, what happened was, you can go to the other extreme, the so-called the Pharisees and the Sadducees, what they would do, Jesus got them on the other spectrum, in that they neglected their parents in the name of God. But it was because they made up some tradition where it says you can withhold certain wealth and not give it to your parents and say, oh, no, this belongs to the God. And it was this terrible tradition they had that actually caused them to not honor their parents. But here, he's not doing anything detrimental to his mom. He's just saying, hey, I'm obeying God's voice higher, mom and dad. The Bible says this, we ought to obey God rather than man. If I have my wife's voice, my mother's voice, my dad's voice, the government's voice, I, I try to help, I try to respond to those over me in, in obeying. I try to help and respond to those who are equal to me or under me in their requests. But if any of those voices go directly against a clear command of God, I have to say no to all of them because I ought to obey God rather than man. God gets more honor. You know, Eli was accused of honoring his sons above God. Oh, he, 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 he yielded more to his sons than he did to, to God's requests. So as we talk about, here's, I'm trying to keep this whole thing in balance. As we talk about honor mom and dad, you know, there's certain nations, there's certain cultures where it's like you almost deify a parent. No, that's too far. There's some where they just, some facets of certain cultures can where they put down the parents. Like, I think we get that right now. Sometimes with this whole, you know, right now, the, the whole thing, you hear this, uh, what is this, boomer thing? What, is they, what do they say, boomer, okay, boomer? Have you heard the okay, boomer? There's only like two of us have heard of it. Okay, boomer. Anybody have heard the phrase, okay, boomer? Okay. It's basically started out because, anyways, now it's just a kind of an environmentalist girl who is, fussing with somebody of her older generation. It's kind of a generational warfare. It's, um, it's like saying, you're just an old person that doesn't know what you're talking about. And so you don't want that either. You don't want to have a generational warfare, nor do you want to deify your parent like they can in some cultures. It's just, honor your parent, and when God says something that contradicts it, I follow God. So... <clears throat> And that brings us to this thought of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's look in Matthew, pardon me, let's look in John 5 and we'll wrap this up. I just want us to think here about something Jesus said about honoring the Son. 
John 5, and it says here that verse 21 to 23, we'll just read it. It says, For as the Father raiseth up the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. Jesus says, just like the Father raises the dead, the Son will raise the dead. Okay, verse 22. For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. So that means Jesus is going to judge people. Verse 23. That all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. People honor the Father. Yes, I believe in God. Jesus said, the Father wants you to honor the Son, just like you honored Him. Equality with God. He that honoreth not the Son, verse 23, honoreth not the Father which hath sent Him. So it says Jesus raises the dead. Jesus um, uh, will judge all men. And Jesus is worthy of honor that's equal to God because He is equal to God. And He's made atonement for our sins and died on the cross and demonstrated that He is God. So He, all men should honor the Son. My mom and my wife, you know, they, I've watched my mom nourished up and cared for us and my bro- me and my brothers and my dad and dogs, lots of dogs. And... Uh, <clears throat> um, if I was a dog, I would want my mom still as a mom, you know. <laughs> uh, and, and my wife t- cared for nine children. She's an awesome mom. I love her. And uh, as m- the, the mother of our children, you know, they've cared for us. And uh, my mom re- nursed dogs nearly, almost nearly dying, you know. And she's uh, helped me and my brothers when we were sick and cared for us and so on. And so we love her and honor her. But Jesus... Uh, he takes people that are dead and makes them alive. And um, mom and other moms, you're going to not be go around forever. You're going to, there's a limitation to your abilities. But Jesus ever liveth to make intercession for us. He's always around. He'll raise us from the dead. He's perfect. And so we honor our parents, but we honor Jesus because he's God and he's our Savior. That's really the best thought to conclude on is honor the Lord Jesus Christ and Secondly, honor your mom. He's worthy of 100% of our faith, 100% of our earnest service. And so we want to give him that today. Let's just thank the Lord for our time that we had to look into his word.